Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. I have a beautiful guest joining me today, lovely Therese Weir. Therese is a professional coach with a beginner's mind. With over 15 years of experience in both self-employed to corporate professional certified coaching, her purpose is to help people find their voice and remember who they are. After having lost and found her own and herself, she's so passionate about that. Throughout her coaching profession, the main point that her students and clients have made about her approach is that she creates a safe space for expression. Gotta love that. Because we all want to feel safe in this world to express ourselves. So welcome, Therese. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you very much. So I know for me, self-expression is so important. And to just give it a little bit of context, often find that people, you know, like when they feel like they're coming up against um, perhaps aspects of their personality that they aren't quite comfortable with, it's hard to express themselves in that situation or for their higher self to come in and to take the driver's seat when you've got like parts of personality maybe in fear and maybe struggling with their vulnerability or maybe challenged or in some way. Don't, Don't you think it's a bit challenging for people? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think there's a bit of a background um, in society with people and people are at different stages, I suppose, if I can call that evolution, of if I really speak my heart and soul and what's on my mind and what's making me feel so bad about even thinking it or feeling it, how am I going to be judged? So it gets blocked in. So I've had sessions with clients where they've been angry at me and I said, that's okay, you can do your anger. This is a safe environment to be angry. However, we then talk about the anger because I don't take it on board as such, you know, if that makes sense. And, you know, and other experiences where people need to just express sometimes how low they're feeling to unblock that to get to a higher vibration. So that's that level. And really it's, it's that pouring out of the heart in that aspect, yeah. Yeah, I, I do find that too. It's like when you... When you bring the heart space to any aspect of our vulnerability that's struggling and, you know, we, when we bring that loving space and whether, you know, I think when you're able to hold space for that in a facilitator's capacity and you can, and you can say, you know what, I can, I can still love you, care about you, stay in a heart space even when you're angry, even if you can't do that for you yet, but I can, I can do that for you. Um, that's really cool because it's really great role modelling um, of, of really what they're capable of. Perhaps they haven't been able to step into that yet, um, but uh, it does give them that permission to be able to do that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and it is permission. Permission is an interesting thing, actually. It's a, again, it's a perception and we know, we know we've got permission to do the right thing and excel and all those things, but sometimes people just need that place to release into yeah absolutely um i guess i'm i'm passionate about self-expression too because i think the more we 
express ourselves, the layers of ourselves, the, the closer we get to, um, well, we lighten our load. I, I really love that. <laughs> That's always what I'm saying. It's like lighten the load, get it off your chest, like they say, get it off your chest. Um, so we, we tend to, I, I feel like the, the more we are able to express all the different aspects of our psyche, the closer we get to really, I think our authenticity, you know, our eternal infiniteness, um, that for me is important because sometimes we define who we are by the roles we've played in the past or the roles we think we should be playing now yes. when they're yes. just perhaps aspects of our psyche that have been overused. Um, yes. Actually, yes. probably need a... <laughs> they probably what? Sorry? They probably need a little bit of a, a, a rest, actually. <laughs> like, oh. Yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting because in my background, I felt that I was, well, (laughs) if I can say, you know, so intelligent and great use of my brain. And I was always raised that way and you're intelligent and going, and you actually get to a point where you think, I can't think anymore. (laughs) It's, It's amazing. And then you realise the body's intelligence or another form of intelligence or letting spirit in, you know. And it's, it's, um, that was amazing to me and I thought that for a while myself, thinking, no, I'm, I'm intelligent. I'm meant to be able to use my brain. What's, what, why can't I say right now this is going to happen? And at some point you're actually meant to release those reins, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, yeah, the, the brain can be a distraction if it's not used in partnership with the rest of our intelligence. Yeah. And that comes through in various capacities, I think, in relation to our energy centres. I think the heart chakra is one of the most intelligent energy centres of all because it doesn't really believe in disconnection. No, um, that's right. And I love that, especially yeah. love that. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm pretty passionate about expression because I really do feel like it, brings us to it does bring us closer to connecting with ourselves but also other people because if we if we express ourselves or a part of ourselves and we love that part then we're much more accepting of other people as well we're you know and 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 you know uh you know if we need to set a boundary or what have you we can absolutely um i always like to say you know we can be accepting and we can be in another city um (laughs) you know we don't have to be (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't have to be the doorstep. <laughs> I love you over there. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> we love joy. We do love joy. <laughs> we, do, we, do. We, we, we do we do need permission to stay connected behind the closed door. As well, you know, when we close the door sometimes and, and still have that part say, I love you. You've done me well. You served for my awakening. You've served my enlightenment. And now I'm busy over here in this other energy. So thank you. And then we can, you know, and that's still lovely. I think that's still lovely. To love from afar. It's a great gift to both people. That's the energy of love. Yeah. That, that's, that's when... Again, having as many people have experienced, I'm only speaking from my own experience, but I love A Course in Miracles says ego is basically that part of us that thinks we're separate 
from each yeah. other. Yeah. And in those times where I have felt very egotistical, <laughs> when you uh, learn that, come through that, raise above it, whatever the journey is, you actually realise that love is always there. You're always, you can be, you know, on the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere and probably feel it even more in actual fact. But to have, to think that there's a huge distance between you and someone else when love is always the connector, you know, that's the realisation. Like there's always somebody to connect with in love, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, out of our perceived disconnection of each other is the possibility of um, disease and and I, I don't necessarily mean just physiologically either I, I feel like there's a sense of dis-ease um, that uh, that we have internally as a sense of um, our a lack of inner peace mm. when we have a perceived separation from other people um, and we can create that perception ourselves too like quite willingly all we need to do is look at a politician and create we can create a set you know perceived separation um, right there, bang, you know, um, you know, it's easy to do, but you know, it's instant karma too, because people think karma is something that is, is kind of lurking around the corner waiting to catch up with you. But in my experience, instant karma is when you think something and then you feel the emotional reality of the thoughts that you've just thought <laughs> and how they're affecting your body like then and there. And yeah, people don't realise that, I, I don't think, that how, how if we don't catch ourselves when we do the perceived separation thing quite quickly, mm. that it does lead to a lot of uh, lower vibrational frequencies occurring mm. in our bodies unnecessarily or necessarily, depending on how you want to look at it, because every, every, every experience leads to enlightenment. So... Uh, unnecessary is an unnecessary word but um you get my drift is that we can shortcut our way to enlightenment a lot quicker is what i'm saying that's the whole point how <laughs> what's the so, how? the how the how in that would be so when i have a judgment or perceived separation around a certain person that i then say in myself why, what is it about that person that makes me feel a sense of disconnection with that aspect of myself? Um, what can I learn? They're my teacher at this second, like right now. And so because I have a separation and judgment, they're my teacher rather than they're the bad guy. Yes. They're my teacher. I'm going to own this and I'm going to work with it so that I can get, come back to a space of connection and so that I'm not projecting that disconnection that's happening internally here yeah. with that aspect of me yeah. onto that person. And then I'm not wasting my energy. Then I get, get, get on with my, the, the busy work that I've got to do that I wouldn't be able to do if I was busy doing that all day. Trust me. If I was, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I could, I could look for holes in, I could look for unconsciousness everywhere. Yeah. The more conscious you get, guess what? The more you see the unconscious or you love their journey and say, yeah. okay, and then get on with the business. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And the, the in, enlightenment 
and connection being the highest vibration, which is unity. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. And I think that, uh, yeah, we, we can get caught up in... Uh, I think what happens is along the, along the journey is we, get, we get, just get better at noticing when we're in, in a state of judgment or disconnection or in moderation internally, feeling-wise. And they're usually the red flags, I think, um, for me anyway. If I'm really, really... I mean, I could be feeling really passionate about something, but unless I'm channeling it in a, um, in an, in a project or a creative way to affect change, if I'm focusing on what someone else is doing over there, I'm really disempowering myself and I'm in denial that that I'm not owning something over here, really. Yeah. Um, so. That, what's interesting in that, I find, is what came to me are the words lifelong habit. Because some things can be a lifelong habit. Like if there's something that has been so immoderate in your life and you come to that realisation of almost needing to do the opposite, I mean, without going to the opposite extreme, and you keep pulling yourself up saying, oh, that's that again, you know. That, it, it's very interesting to have yeah. that yeah. level of awareness, I think, and say, wow, okay, I've done that a lot more than once and once <laughs> probably wasn't a great idea, you know. It's an interesting, interesting thing. Like, so that high level of self-awareness and married up with mindfulness in action um, because we can be aware and we can be mindful, but if we're actually, you know, there's that, there's kind of working those qualities for your improvement ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and replacing it with the behavior that is what, in, in, you know, that feels like it's connecting more to your heart space. Mm, um, yeah. You know, cause yeah. I think that, that I can relate to that. And I can even sort of, um, when I, when I think about it, like when you're talking, it feels to me like, you know, one of those, things that even in our culture that we've been brought up in, it could just be a certain way, like you're saying, like a lifelong habit. Like, for instance, in my family, um, Greeks, you know, we tend to be a bit over the top um, with our emotional reality at times. And it's almost like a given it's okay because I'm Greek, you know. Oh, I'm just Greek, I'm just animated, you know. But when I remember when I had my uh, daughter, my, my first daughter, and, you know, um, raised voices in my house was um, the not the exception, it was the rule, you know. It was just like everybody's talking in a raised voice. Um, so when I had her and, and when she started to be able to talk, and she was like, ow, you know. So she could say things like, you know, why are you yelling at me when I wasn't yelling? And yeah. so it really helped me. Well, perhaps I was yelling, but I wasn't aware I was yelling. And I wasn't aware of my reality. And she's only two, I know I remember. And I remember saying to her, I apologise. I didn't realise that's how you felt. And gosh, it was hard to go from a process of yelling, which was normal, to winding it back to um, what is creating this? Like I had to, li I literally had to wind it all the way back to, um, and it wasn't, and often it wasn't that I was um, being animated. Often it was that I was quite angry and I was choosing to not moderate my voice. 
mm. with you know two-year-olds I mean it's easy to get angry they're just like would you like an invitation to be angry parent a two-year-old it's 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 you know it's it's just the way <laughs> The nature of business, oh, you know yes. what I mean? And tired mother, pushed to the limit, all those low resource things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Callum's at low resource, you know, yeah. Totally. And yeah. it taught me so much about myself when, when I accepted her reality. Yeah. And, and didn't just say something along the lines of, which can be tempting for people to do, I'm, I'm the parent, you know, you're the child, or, you know, um, oh, I'm just Greek, that's just the way I am, I'm not going to change for anyone. Um, that's just how I express myself, you know, suck it up princess, you know, but I didn't do those things. And I remember not yelling, gosh, um, it took for me, I think after that, uh, realizing I I understood, you know, after she said that I understood I had postnatal depression. Wow. Wow. That was really powerful. PND is fascinating and my experience of that it's amazing to see how you think over time right so I'm talking about um, so my daughter's my firstborn's 13 and so when she was in a pram maybe one to two years old or maybe yeah maybe that first year I remember thinking six months later gee that wasn't a normal thought about yeah. I had a memory and I thought whoa that wasn't a normal thought like that was a PND like and you know how dark those thoughts get I mean that's that's it you know but so that it's yeah so it's interesting yeah it's fascinating yeah and absolutely. do you think Michelle uh, and I just asked putting the question out there it's quite in, you know, sort of occurring to me as being intriguing like I want I wonder what percent if you like of our society has that yelling background yeah I think it's one of the reasons why I've started enlightened conversations or that I was prompted to because when I look at people in the community discussing and dialoguing subjects at a level of leadership and they're yelling and they're yelling at each other I feel abused right and I feel like society has desensitized because if you look at the concept of unity, the way someone is talking to someone else is also the way they're talking to you because mm. we're a part of, we're a part of everyone. Mm. And so for me, I feel there's something that needs to shift yes. in how we dialogue mm. at that level. I've had to go through it myself. So I'm, I'm not going to stand in judgment of anybody who's yelling at someone else, mm. but I will be, encouraging a different way of mm. conversation mm. Uh, how can we talk about issues that um, may be tricky and how can we navigate our way around them without making someone wrong and us right we're just simply coming from our own frame of reference and presenting them and mm. and being mindful that that's our reality and also someone else might have have a different reality on that and how interesting that might be to just unpack it yeah. to listen to yeah. Yeah. See where, see where they're coming from as well. So, yeah, yeah. I feel... Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think there's something in that about having forums for unpacking things. And because while we would want to pave the way forward for a different reality and say it doesn't have to be the way it was for, you know, future mothers, for example, is what I'm thinking, um, or... I haven't fully parented a teen phase yet, you know, and I know parents of 19 plus year olds or, you know, 20s, I suppose, or out of school would say, you know, 
there's a whole stretch of parenting to do there yet, you know. Um, and I think there have been, you know, I know of troubled teens and even that teenagers have a lot of challenges. And sometimes you might need to go through something to know how you handle it or have self-awareness and experience it. But I think other times there's actually a saying, dare I say it, some people learn from reading, some people learn from watching, some people have to pee on the electric fence to know it's not a good idea. Okay. Is it? It's a lot of people. That's what people say, right? They're like, that's the response. It's amazing. So the thing is, is rather than doing that, if there can be, this is just an idea and, you know, maybe there is something out there already, but perhaps for people to participate in forums that discuss the reality of the experience. There's the before, there's the during, and there's the after with anything, isn't there? You still got a journey through something. And it's the how and the who and the why and the support. You know, there's something, there's something in that. I love that. Um, yeah, and I think, like, yeah, it's like this is I, – I, I'm hoping that uh, – you know how when, when we're preparing for Enlightened Conversation, I'm very passionate about the fact that we don't have – everything scripted or planned or blah, blah, you know, unless somebody says to me, I'm so burning to talk about this. And then I also like, cool. Like I'm, I'm all right with that too, but I don't want to have to, I feel like we need to create a space for spirit to come on in and enter. I think that people actually witnessing in line conversations will be part of that and have realizations rather. So they will be peeing on the electric fence with us. If that makes sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> They're probably speaking to the cat to the show um, in their mind, in their heart, in their body, in their energy, because it's like because we're inviting space for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I love what you just said about it because I feel like it really honors the journey. I think that's what I'm most interested in is the journey of how we get towards um, moments of enlightenment, and they happen at the beginning. And they happen in the middle and they happen at the end when you're, when you're helping someone else go through the beginning and the middle. So um, I feel like there's, there's gold in that, sweetheart. Love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me more about what's happening in your world at the current time in 2017 coming into the new year. Well, as, as just before you said that, as you know, we both have clairvoyance, etc. And as you would say, as everyone does. <laughs> yeah. I just saw a blank sheet coming in as you said that. Oh, I just yeah, cool. Blank sheet. Nice. So, you know, um, Zen mind, beginner's mind, experience, journey, new journey, you know, awareness, higher awareness. So I think it's really, and you know, I heard something on, you know, some random research when you go looking for things on the internet, etc. And I love what a, a light worker had said about her process. And it's something I'd agreed with very strongly in my heart and soul previously. And she said to give everyone a blank slate to begin with. Like when you're starting coaching them, for example, you know, like if your journey started today, what are all the bits to have in place? You know, and I think you can take the, the popular concept of branding at any level and say, this is who I am. And it might change along the way, but the essential things are probably going to stay the same. 
So to answer your question about, you know, what is in store for 2017, I can see classically all my past behind me and just moving forward through very much a white space, which is a really exciting visual, I suppose, and vision for me. Um, so, yeah, and I guess there's that exactly what I said, that sense of saying, well, this is who I am, da 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 da, -da. I've got so much to learn. I loved what you said on Facebook the other day about grasshoppers. You know, we have so much to learn, grasshopper. <laughs> and it's that attitude because, you know, the, the younger women, are, like, we're the same and they're phenomenal, you know. We're, we're all female, for example, or we can all relate in different ways. But I just think... I look back, I'm seeing women, particularly for me, in their early 30s, and I'm thinking, you women are amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, like this is the, what is our changing role, you know? And one thing I always, yeah, what, one thing I always used to say as a coach, you know, because there's old wisdom that's also relevant, and see my, and spirit just said, let it go. I can't see, and I get stopped. So then I can't continue to say that. Because that's in the past. I know. So I have no choice. I don't, I don't call it memory loss. I call it guidance. Nice. Like that. Oh, I totally get that. I totally get that. And it's great to be able to um, not be attached to concepts. Um, but just to put it into context so everybody understands what my Facebook post is. And I, and I just want to mention another one because I wrote it this morning. It's so... Spot on about what you've just said. Um, the old wisdom, the, the guidance that came through on this post was old wisdom, you have so much to learn, grasshopper. Okay, so that's old wisdom. New wisdom, we have so much to learn, grasshoppers. Okay, yes. plural, unity consciousness, right? Yes. So that came through. So cool, love that because it's an equal playing field, and then we get to actually see the gifts in those women who are 30 that when we look back at our 30s and go oh my god you know we sh whoa you know like ah uh wow and so then it's like we're yeah we're in now 40 year brackets like whoa and then we're moving into what are we moving into what is this what what are the people that are coming through where are, how are they helping with the ascension and the enlightenment of the planet for the elder general elders of the generation and what what is our role and what what capacity i think that is yeah awesome and then the and then in 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 relation to the post that i was talking about for this morning came through this morning i was on my jog spirit said we are not our story we are the writers of our story hence the blank page i just love that it's so like synchronicity um because we tend to look at our past as, you know, even when I have people with their bios and introducing them for the show, it's, you know, it's not even, it is relevant, but it isn't because. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? So it's, it's like, you know, we're moving into something else straight away anyway. So the past is just simply a summary of perhaps things that, you know, you, you, you've done. Or, or experienced, right? Which is awesome, but we're infinite beings, all of us. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the energy of creation is fresh energy. Like if we're, or to have, you know, to have spirit come in to inspire and create, 
because yeah. we won't get this creational space again in the same way. Exactly. Yeah. So then you then you learn to seize hold of the white piece of paper and start scribbling madly of what's coming through and and that whole process, which is like this, yeah. we're scribbling madly, um, is cool. It's it's it, it's it's very zen because it's like you're right in the moment and you're right there creating magic stuff. Yeah. And people probably sitting back going, "Oh, this is blowing my mind," and we're just having a conversation. But yeah. because we're talking about what we're talking about. It's expanding. It's expanding everybody's awareness of themselves, and yeah, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. It's interesting. Pinch myself. Just going to pinch myself. I am here. This is happening. This is real. I don't need to wake up. This is not a dream, but it feels like that's how good it feels. Yeah. 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 yeah, Absolutely. It's. You know what I love about seeing things is that. I can see my own, or I suppose, my own big space. And then I can see where it changes and blends. And then I can see your communication just then as your big space. It's yeah. really interesting. And this clairvoyance is, you know, what I just got just then was that um, you said it's expanding. But what I saw was your energy expanding. Yeah. So I was the witness as you were saying that. It's, mm. So we, we're witnessing each other. So. Yeah. Totally. And I, I, you know, um, one of the biggest things that has it's been to me about enlightened conversations, doing this particular part of my spiritual assignment for Ascension, mm -hmm. is that it's for me to turn up. People might think it's for them because they're a guest on my show, you know, mm -hmm. but it's actually for me to continue mm -hmm. to experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, you know, the connection of unity with, with spirit through, yes. through this medium. And that's cool because it's like I, this can't be any, like, pretension or anything about it. Like, I can't, I, I'm just saying, look, spirit's chosen you to be on the show. Awesome. You know, it's not about me. Um, yeah, sure, I'm the director. Yeah, right, you know. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's all, it's all being given. And you know what, if, if I wasn't, that uh, authentic about that experience, this would be a completely different show. This would be completely different. You know, uh, you know, let's have, let's talk about this and let's do that and you need to do that. And, yeah. And it would just feel very different energy. And people would be able to feel that straight away. They're not stupid. People are waking up and require that kind of level of authenticity, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of people have the awareness as we talk about, like the, the beyond the senses. I mean, people see, hear, sense. They might not even have the language around sensing, but they might have a very refined skills in those, for them, unlabeled areas. People, people know, people are smart, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way the discussion of words like chakra, heart, affirmations, um, the high spiritual um, teachers, it actually brings the energy in. Like you give it attention. And like, you know, where, what's that saying? Where attention flows, energy goes. 
and it's like it's so responsive. And somebody once said to me, and you can take the phrase and change it, but I, I do love my music as well. Um, when you stop giving to the music, the music stops giving to you. So if we give to the music of what we want created, we feel the inspiration of creation and that beautiful new fresh energy. It's, it's like a plant, isn't it? It's the yeah. growth. I'm really curious about this too because I know that you've had experience with like um, I, I think higher ordered thinking around epilepsy and I really the thing that came through for me about you being here and having a, a conversation was that perhaps a lot of people who either or don't even know much about it or experience it don't see it in that framework of understanding the bigger perhaps even the bigger reason why they have been gifted with it. Um, and I'm just wondering, do you have anything that you want to share around that? Because I've, I've heard some pretty amazing stuff from you around it. And, um, yeah, I just want to honour people's journey with it. And I think this is a great space for that as well. Beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for inviting my spirit to talk about that. Because it's interesting because I, I think there's a level of me, and I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that either, that actually sort of says, well, thank you for asking and inviting that out. Because I think that's actually a really sacred space in my heart. And I do have an interesting background with epilepsy in that I grew out of epilepsy technically. Yeah. So this is really, really fascinating, right? So I've had, um, even for me, <laughs> um, a childhood epilepsy that was then named infantile epilepsy. So it was petty mal seizures, which meant 50 to 60 times a day, I'd lose consciousness, which is pretty interesting training ground for society today, as I like to say as well. You know, it's really, really amazing. And then I really, as an adult, took my coaching journey, which is a lot around, so your life coaching, professional business, etc., as what it's blossomed into. And... So for about 10 years as a child, I had epilepsy. For seven years, I was on all sorts of medication. For the last three years, I was on um, Zerontin, which actually contained the, so it actually did what it was, what you wanted a medication to do in that circumstance. Um, then just a few years ago, I started experiencing what I believed to be a certain form of seizure. I'm thinking, I know this feeling. You know, it's been a long time. So I'm 45 and it stopped when I was about 13. That's a lot of space. And, um, but because I had moved into a different level of awareness and consciousness and taken different journeys, I started seeing it differently. Firstly, the EEG showed nothing. So this is when I stepped back and started looking at all those things that happen in the moment and realised it's like, my first thing I would say is that belief is powerful. I had people around me growing up saying, live with it, it's normal, not a big deal, use your humour, take your medication, get extra rest, you'll all be okay. With full respect to people still with epilepsy, because this is the mindfulness piece, I still think there is, um, as you say, a gift in epilepsy of actually seeing it differently. If you can rise above what is going on and say, what else is going on for me here? And for me, there's a really, really, really sensitive point around, I had people supporting me growing up who as an adult 
went to the opposite. Right. And I saw that affect me. I thought, oh my God, I realized the people who believed in me when they went to the opposite, they helped me so much and then harmed me so much that I thought, what control per se do I need to have? Or it's, you know, more, much more gentle to say what boundaries, what learnings, what lessons, what finding your voice needs to occur here, what taking self-responsibility, moderation. I can tell you in communication, I have not been moderate, you know, and so I... Again, like um, I say this with only personal insight, I think there is a whole other alternative paradigm to epilepsy than what is still being looked at now. And I know many people see that in terms of health of all sorts. And I think the, I believe, I believe in the strength of belief. I believe you've got to find that part of you that says, I am intrinsically healthy you know, and from there you move forward. That's where I'm at with that. I really respect, appreciate, understand, I'm very mindful of people who have epilepsy now, who are on medication, who are living with it, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I've been there. I was on medication for a long time. I've had the space away from it to then kind of see and experience differently. So that's just a bit about where it's at for you. And I'm really interested in what you've shared previously around capacity. Could you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like um, when it comes to the fitting, you know, when, you, when, when epileptics fit, I feel like it's about the, um, the higher self. <laughs> it's a bit like, um, you know, your higher self's like perhaps in a previous lifetime has evolved to such an expansive level that it's having a little bit of trouble fitting in this little body. Right. So I take epilepsy as a compliment. I don't think that someone with epilepsy has a problem. I just think that there's some some catching up perhaps that can can happen and, and that perhaps they can cope with little trickles of their higher self, um, but not quite cope with the expanse the expansiveness that their higher self has got to. Yeah. And that's okay. There's no there's no um, that that in itself I think even having that awareness on board and and even feeling as if your body in this lifetime won't catch up to it yeah. is, is not a crime. It's just simply honouring it and understanding that that's, you know, working with what you can physically work with this lifetime. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's no judgment on it. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's a bit like saying, well, gee whiz, you know, if I could only fit in, um, one colour of the rainbow this lifetime because the other <laughs> colours are going to take up too much space. Which colour would I choose? Let's yeah. go with that one. Yeah, yeah. Pick a colour and turn it on. I love that phrase. Pick a colour and turn it on. Yeah, and let's ride that colour, you know. And yeah. maybe that colour will expand the physical being enough to invite another colour in this lifetime. Maybe it'll expand so that all the colours will be able to fit in this lifetime. But maybe it won't, and maybe I'm meant to concentrate on one. Yeah, yeah. Here's interesting insight too. Well, I, I don't know if it'll be an insight for you. I'm just going to share it. I love the fact that your basic chakra colours are single chakras, and once you get above that, they start combining two colours at a time, which is interesting. I, you may then extrapolate and say, well, then at some point probably it becomes the rainbow of colours, yeah? 
Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Interesting. That's mm. interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think it's great to have a um, honour and respect for so-called disabilities. But I think if we, if we judge them and think they're a disability, mm-hmm. then we're missing the point. Yeah, it, that's right. It may be that it's an ability, that there is an ability there to really harness one particular thing. That, that, yeah. that, that you know, my sense is for you is it that you dropped right into your heart space and that really changed things for you. And the more you do that, the more things mm. shift for you. Is would you would you agree, Trace, on that yeah, one? Like definitely, definitely, I would actually. Yeah, yeah. Because you know how you said I can't think anymore. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. good at that, totally gifted. But while it's all the way up there and all all taking the room, there's something not being developed that needed to be developed. So it's, it feels like that was highly developed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. And I think, you know, and certainly the gifts of childhood epilepsy was that having... Because if I had a seizure 50 to 60 times a day, what would happen is... Well, two things, actually. One was that I technically missed a part of the conversation. So I had to be very good at connecting pieces really, 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 really quickly. Because to be a sharp kid and have epilepsy in that way, you had to develop really good coping mechanisms. That was one thing. The other thing was public embarrassment when part of it was losing control of your bladder when you're little until you're 12. Like, that's really tough stuff, you know, and you know the reactions, etc. So it's, it's amazing the gifts that happen through that and to have a sense of humour and actually beat people to the punch in making a joke about epilepsy. I'll tell you something really funny. If people don't know you're in epilepsy, which generally they don't with me or that they certainly don't know that's, that's my past... I was just in the movies the other day and there was like the flashing lights or something, you know, one of those ads with a lot of strobing in it. And so somebody will always make a joke about, you know, give you an epileptic fit. And I just can't help myself these days because it puts a big smile on my face. And I just say, epileptic in the house. Say <laughs> 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 like, and get ready. <laughs> no, it's Honey, the humor is a really interesting thing and it's actually a really good tool for yourself like if you know uh, I mean you know I've got freckles I used to have pale skin I wasn't always a Queenslander all these things that people find funny probably when you're not present <laughs> you get you know so you use your sense of humor and say I bet you're thinking this 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 and this and then you make a joke out of it because that's the light isn't it Absolutely. It doesn't have to be terribly serious and bad. You say, here, it's funny, it's okay, you know, so, yeah. Most, most everything about ourselves is hilarious, honestly. <laughs> it's my it's favourite cool. word too, hilarious, I love it. What's not to laugh at? Like, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. The more you realise that how, how, how funny being a human being is that we fumble along, but it's just hilarious. I, I, I just think, you know, the more, the more we can just, yeah, just have that level of humility on board where we're just laughing at ourselves. Just yeah, take, you know, it's great. And it, it makes for a very fun life too, because mm-hmm. not, I don't know, because I think people might sort of think, oh, you know, enlightenment activists have to be oh zen and serious all the time. It's like, it's actually the opposite because I don't have to be thinking 12 steps ahead of what might happen. I'm not worrying about 
a million different things. Um, I'm just in the moment most of the time, which is very funny. And so I think it's, it's kind of the, like, why wouldn't you want everyone to have that level of joy? That's, that's, that's my question. It's like, of course, you know, it's like someone's giving you the secret to a happy life. Why wouldn't want everybody else to experience that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what, miss out on the humour? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, I was just thinking, like, we're talking about, you know, more serious things, and I suppose we sort of looked at a bit of the light side of epilepsy, but, you know, raising a child... How much yeah. bloody, how many laughs do you have? And I mean, the stuff we talk about, PND, etc. it's also not that you have to bond on wounds and pain and challenge and difficulties, but it is a bonding between people that says, oh, you too, you know? And kids are funny. They're hilarious. Like the joy is phenomenal. And even though I will say, I think there is still a bit of a tendency in society to just talk about the good stuff. Yeah. And no, it's all fantastic. We have to be okay. And this is groups of mothers are beautiful for this because you can think you're going through something alone and really the person across the room who you overhear saying, oh, such and such, you're like, oh, I experienced that. Not only did I experience that, but I experienced it right this morning, you know? And we can smile with joy and saying, we can either be embarrassed and say, oh my God, I feel like someone's reading my life, not just my mind. Or we can say, wow, humanity, hey, you know? Absolutely. And like, if this is the first show that anyone's watching, I dare you to go watch all the other ones and see how much stuff I talk about with regards to my own life because it's, you know, it's just like you, you can't have a conversation and be real if you're not doing that. And um, actually, that brings me back to before when you said um, it would be great to have a, um, a group where you could unpack um, yeah, forum where you could unpack things, la la la, and that you hadn't done the whole teenager thing. Well, welcome to my universe. Uh, an 18 year old and a 16 year old daughter, two daughters, and I have gone through the teenage well, for the last how many years now? Okay, let's count them uh, six years. Um, it, you know, because she's turning 19 in. Well, by the time this is aired, she'll be 19, so six years. Uh, and I think the biggest learning for me, uh, two, two of the biggest learnings for me. The first learning for me was ultimate respect for the fact that the poor suckers have chosen a freaking enlightenment activist as a mum. How much compassion does one need for that, those children? Uh, because, you know, that's massive. What a freaking mantle to, to have above you. Um, and to say to them, what you think, what you do, what you don't do with regards to your spirituality is 110 million percent okay with me. You can read what I do. You can not read what I do. You can watch what I do. You can not watch what I do. Whatever you want to do. I'm not going to judge you. I love you anyway. You are entitled to your journey the way you want to unpack it. Mm. That has been the absolute number one thing. Um, because in my history, I didn't feel like I had that freedom. I had mm. a Greek Orthodox background. I went to a Catholic school. So I had from both ends, family and school saying, you believe this or you go to hell. So I have lived through that hell and choosing 
to not model that level of help for my children, even though I have 12 principles I live and breathe by. I don't say, well, you have to live and breathe by my 12 principles. That's not actually what I do. I role model them and I mention them occasionally in context, but I don't go. Now, this is our teaching for today. These are the 12 principles one must abide by in our household to be acceptable and worthy to be here. You know, that would be just a crock, right? So I don't do that. So that's number one. And the second one is what I talked about before, which is definitely about really noticing when I feel triggered and a moderate and really owning it and really communicating it to my daughters in, 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 in a way that says, oh, I, I, excuse the French, but oh, I fucked up. Uh, I stepped over your boundary. I apologise. I was immoderate um, in whatever capacity that might have been, whether I accidentally walked into their room, which I have done and I hate that kind of thing, uh, to, you know, being overly controlling, perhaps monitoring where they are. I've done that as well, over, over and above what I should have. Um, and trying to find and navigate the way from girl to womanhood is, or boy to manhood is never easy. And there, are, there is always the shifting sands of what are they ready for? What, what energy are they, what level of responsibility are they ready to hold right now? Uh, not, not holding them up against other children at that age, right? Mm -hmm. And just really having that awareness that they have a higher power, they have a connection, they have, they have created, their lives and choices, including me, and they are, they're working it out. And to, to, to not, I'm not the perfect mum. I, I do screw up and I do the wrong thing according to them, which is always in perfect order because it leads to everybody's enlightenment. But to take ownership for those, for those steps along the way. So they're the two biggest things that I, I can pass on that have really helped me in yeah. staying out of stress. Yeah. Um, there have been times to raise Seriously, there have been times where I have had to pray so hard to help me hand my daughters over at that moment mm. and trust God or higher power or spirit, whatever you want to call it, that they have their back and not to worry because yeah. I felt uh, some fear around uh, overprotective mothering. So but, um, I think at the end of the day, they say to me, Thank you for trusting me, Mark. Yeah. You know? Thank you for trusting me. And I have seen the more I've trusted, the more they've stepped into amazing, yeah. amazing choices. Not perfect journeys, but amazing choices that are helping them to learn who they are, what yeah. they want. Yeah. What else how, what else can you hope for your children, you know? No, that's right. For them to be them. That's right. And I'm totally on board with that. And I mean also recognizing in my own journey where um, of course, I believe both of my children are amazing and they are, but in this particular instance, thinking of my daughter who's 13, her level of consciousness is very high. Her level of independence already is very high. And she had, well, since she was little, she was like, how soon can I walk to the shop by myself? Whereas my other son's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that by myself, mum. But they're honest about it, you know. And if they sort of say, yes, I, I will behave in such and such a circumstance, and then they don't, especially if they don't do it repeatedly, I'm like, well, you've, you've lost that right because you've got to go with the responsibility. And it's one thing to say, and you've got to prove it as such. But my daughter, it's really, and we had a moment this morning where first day of school for the year, so you know what day it is, <laughs> 
when the recording comes back. Um, and I'm very much, you know, yes, you know, what you can do is fine. However, I can also see how she learns from me. And if she's proud of the way her hair's done and it's actually messy, like it's visibly messy, and I'll say, this was what happened this morning, I said, babe, your hair's messy. And she's like, and it was like a moment of like, you know, not happy mum, not happy, you hurt me as a daughter. Like we didn't, it we didn't explode, but the energy of the moment was ouch, you know, and I was like, was that even worth saying? She went to her room, she fixed it, she came out and I said, that looks fantastic. And then she glowed and she said, thanks mum. So even though there was that moment of enlightened pain, <laughs> There was also the the whole, well, okay, well, obviously that's what I meant to do because, you know, <laughs> she's happy, I'm happy, she's, etc. So those moment-to-moment -moment things are quite tricky. That's what I learnt today anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and speaking your truth to a teenager isn't always comfortable. If mm. you feel that you want to share your opinion and they don't like it, which is often 99 point, maybe 99% of the time, yeah. um, <laughs> Then I see from sharing our reality, um, I, I find that what I notice is that, that they internalise another opinion, even if they don't like it, they, they internalise it if it feels appropriate in a certain circumstance. Mm -hmm. And then I see it coming out in their behaviour and they go, oh, yeah. and they do it. And it's like, mm, okay. Um, Oh, a good example would be, you know, daughter's boyfriend won't allow himself to receive sometimes, um, you know, offer this or offer that, you know, if it comes to convenience factors, you know, they're still young, they don't drive, you know, picking them up or whatever. Oh, no, we'll make our own way, blah, 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 which is fine. I don't mind when teenagers want to make their own way, but sometimes it's convenient if you need to take your daughter on a driving lesson to go pick up the boyfriend you know, that you get your hours up, it's, it's great. So, and, and then having an opinion about that and saying, oh, it's, you know, it's tricky sometimes. People think that, you know, when you give to someone, they think that they're taking something from you. And I said, isn't that an interesting opinion? Because that really pissed me off that I wanted to give something and someone didn't want it. And then it also created over here where we could have had an experience of driving. It created an issue there. And so the fallout from not receiving isn't necessarily that they're thinking I'm so, they don't get this. I'm just, I'm just, it's just about me. If I, if I don't do it, everything will be better. Actually the fallout is, is that it affects everyone and everything. And it's like someone slapping you in the face and saying, no, I don't want your gift. And I shared that with her and I was, that's, that's how I speak. That's how I will speak. And, and I wasn't judging the boyfriend. I said, I was, I was saying it in context of, isn't it interesting when people can't receive what happens? Mm -hmm. oh, oh, he's an asshole for not being, you know, I wasn't in that blame game stuff. Anyway, and then, um, I don't know, a few days passed, whatever, whatever. And then she, out, out of her mouth, you know, she was talking about how, I'm, oh, there was another situation that came and she goes, yeah, I know he has issues with receiving mum, but I'll, I'll, put, I'll pitch it to him anyway, you know? And she's kind of understanding that when he, because one could as a teenage girl take the rejection of 
convenience, blah, blah, blah. As, oh, it's about me, doesn't want to see me, blah, 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 blah. But she's now understanding that, that he's setting himself up to not receive and then that, that's his issue. I think that's, they do, they internalise. Um, I think at the time, though, she might have thought, um, oh, it's a bit much. But then it came, it was effortlessly rolling off her tongue that she had integrated all that and come to an awareness of what was really going on. That's and true. yeah, so I always speak your truth to your kids, even if they don't like it. Um, it is only our truth and they can integrate it or not. And that's their free will, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's really interesting too. It was just earlier something you said and I was thinking, it's like, it's interesting how growing up, you get all these ideas of how you'll parent differently. <laughs> and you take it in and then you parent and you think right so I actually have to integrate those things and decide whether what I believe to be true really is true or not right <laughs> it's true yeah so um um what was I going to say there it's gone that's meant to go it's gone yeah Hi. It, yeah, the parenting, all the expectations of ourselves and, oh, my God, how am I going to pull this off? Um, yeah, but I think it is, it is one step at a time, isn't it? It's one situation at a time. It's trusting yourself. It's trusting that divine connection in that moment. It is, it is. Although I've heard of a book called Spiral Dynamics. Do you know that one? No, I haven't heard of it. I've only heard like somebody recommend it and why and apparently and forgive me if I'm not quite on base but I like the concept if it's not connected to that book is that uh, virtually if you think the higher you go in life and all that simply means is you know if you're if you've got you know a small family a large family you're head of a big family or you know you're in a business a bigger business etc the spiral dynamics is the level of people that you affect with the, the, your choices and actions and consequences. So this is really interesting to, to basically say that if you connect at the higher level, you actually are affecting so many more people quite literally. Yes, mm. absolutely. And that this morning, just before dawn, and I shared this on Facebook, um, I had a, it's, it's a surge is, is what I can call it is a surge. And I felt like a buzzing feeling and I was feeling like, well, I was told then next level is occurring right at the moment. You've integrated the ascension into your body that has been around you and coming in and out of you for a while. And then you're, it's coming down into your base chakra and you're ascending. And I thought, Oh, okay, this is cool. And the reason why I'm mentioning it is because it's like, they were talking about base chakra as instant manifestation of these high vibrational frequencies on the physical plane. Like you're walking it and you're, you know, it's, it's instantly changing and you can instantly manifest things basically, mm -hmm. um, which I haven't, my head hasn't caught up with that yet, but that doesn't matter. I, I just, I'm just, I, I, that's what I heard them say. Mm -hmm. So I feel like what you're saying is very, it's like where we choose to focus our attention is very important because when we've got that level of ascension happening, that level of high vibrational frequency happening, that we are intrinsically in that spiral thing you were just talking about, affecting people more expansively on that level, more and more people. And so there's a responsibility there. There's really a responsibility there to, to take ownership of that and to see that as part of, the business of ascension really is that you know yep 
that's that's basically what I'm getting as we're talking that yeah. coming through which is really interesting yeah for sure and I'd like to add something here and this is to do with honesty and transparency that part of my journey as I said you know um professional coach of 15 years with beginner's mind I am also cleaning houses you know and the thing with that is if you're in business and you're at different levels of your journey I, I would even say don't even think that this doesn't occur in the step that says you know there is a stabilization that occurs at different levels that says I know why I'm doing this and I know I'm doing it honestly which is why I can say yes 15 years of experience with beginner's mind I've had many websites etc 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 I've done the marketing I've spoken internationally I've done the mentoring assessing training I've had amazing experiences and spoken with the most amazing people you know whether they be psychologists neuroscientists etc well, my life continues, you know, this is the amazing thing. Like you can be a being in the world and, you know, it's amazing how even discussing this feels like me really, really opening up. And another thing that's coming back to me, like what I said, you know, having lost and found my voice and myself, I, I am also a performer. I've done theatre and music and music was always so easy for me. And see my, my um, throat chakra going, <coughs> like my heart's going let me out <laughs> oh, beautiful so this has come back you know that says hang on that was me who did that performing you know you know that you know they're kind of the proofs there so it's that's the it's interesting so there's a whole blossoming and a release going on for me there and um I don't want to contain it by saying this is what's going to happen in 2017, exactly what you were saying before, but to say, you know what, it's like someone's opening up my, my rib cage, my armour or whatever it is and saying, let it out, you know. Oh, that is so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Trace, because I know that it's just the beginning. I love, I love the whole blank piece of paper. I love that you give yourself permission to be in whatever perceived job you're in. It doesn't really matter. It's, you know, we're all infinite beings. Yeah. And my experience on that is, is that every single uh, job um, that we do is relevant. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's relevant to, yeah, whether it's the fact that you're not in a job that you, you're in your head and, and you're, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, maybe it's more powerful to, to be in that role, job, um, right now and more supportive of your energy centres to be in that. So it's, you know, I, I find the cleaning part just saying, I just love, you know, I love a good clean. Um, but, um, yeah, and so, yeah, I don't have a house clean or anything like that. Um, mind you, I do, I do like when my husband cleans the house. It's really nice. <laughs> just saying. Um, just a bit of manifestation. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I'd like Tony to clean my house too. <laughs> Maybe that's the best thing for him to do right now. <laughs> Thank you so much, beautiful soul, for sharing your wisdom, sharing your beautiful energy with us, and I've really enjoyed it. And um, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the year unfold for you and and sharing your joy. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, beautiful. Bye. Bye.